Here today, we welcome our online audience, all those watching online. So good to have you wherever you're watching from around the world. Please stop in, be our guest if you're ever in our area. We'd love to meet you, send you home with some free gifts, and just get a chance to see your smiling face. So glad that you're watching with us today. Today, we're in the middle of a series we're talking about to have heart, spiritual grit. Jesus said, take heart. Take heart. And we realize today, what does that mean? We're working with a definition we came up with when it talks about spiritual grit and to take heart. It is the God-given ability to step out and to press on in difficult situations. Step out of that situation. Step out of that depression. Step out of that anxiety. Step out of that fear. Step out of that place you've been complacent. Step out. Step out of that comfort zone. Step out and to press on even when life gets hard. Even when life gets really, really hard, we can still have the spirit to take heart. This is not something that you have to search far and wide to grasp. This is not something you're looking Where am I going to get this from? It is already in you. If you're a believer today, you have received God's presence. You have received his Holy Spirit. Inside of you is the God-given tenacity to push on, to step out. God said this, that he has put that spirit. There's a new spirit in you. Create in me a new heart. He gives us a new heart, a new spirit. And part of that new heart and spirit is you take heart. That you have the spirit of courage, of boldness. You don't give up when others quit. But you keep your eyes lifted unto the hills. For whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. I keep my focus on the prize. God's ability to help me step out in any situation is planted in me, taking heart. Why does God want me to take heart? It's not just for you. May I dare tell you today, he wants you to take heart for other people as well. It's just not for yourself. He did not call me and you. He did not place it in us just so that we would survive and we would thrive and we would grow, but he did it so that we would grow the kingdom around us, that other people would see us not giving up, that other people would see us being encouraged, that other people would see us pressing on. Why? Because this attracts other people to the kingdom. Take heart. Take heart today. Let's talk about Philip. Philip in the Bible is a man that many people refer to as this great evangelist. He, he just had a heart for winning people to Jesus. Let's pick up his story here in Acts chapter 8. Let's read verses 26 through 31, then we'll skip to verse 35. Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, go. And then God always said, go. Go tell it on the mountain. Come on now. Go. Go, 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 reach people. That's what he wants us to go, and this is no exception. Go. Where? South. <laughs> this is so clear. Let's go south to the road, the desert road. In case you don't know, go down Range Line. That goes from Web City all the way to Joppa. And just head down that way from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way. And he made an Ethiopian man. He was a eunuch there. He was an important official in charge of the treasury, a cadet there. We see him there. So he was in charge of Ethiopia. He's a part of the royalty. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. Now, today we see something here, and I want you to write this down. Today's title, I want to talk to you about, you need heart 
three still us. I didn't say you need a heart. That's a different sermon altogether. Some of you need some heart. Yeah, you need a soft heart, but you need heart, a tenacity. You need a grit about you. You need a boldness to reach the loss. There's a dangerous prayer that I prayed, and there's a dangerous prayer I dare you to pray, and it's simply this. Use it with caution. God, I'm available. God, I'm available. God, use me. God, use me. I'm available. Dangerous prayer. Because you want to know something? God uses those who make themselves available. God uses people who say, God, I'm available. And so the reason why I say it's dangerous is because be careful what you ask for, Peter. Hey, God, if it's you, Jesus, call me out of the boat. Jesus is like, come on out, Peter. Step out. Be careful what you ask for. But it was a prayer. God, I'm available. You know, I remember the first time I ever prayed this prayer. In college, I remember saying, God, if you want to use me, use me. God, if you want to use me to be your witness, use me. And I was praying that prayer. That week, I was at a restaurant, and I, I'd met a waiter, and they was waiting on us. And instantly, we had chemistry. You know, we're talking, and we're laughing, and I just felt this great chemistry. More beyond than he just wanted a good tip. I just felt like, man, we're, our spirits are connected here. And so I felt something inside me, like, nudge me, like, hey, you need to get the gun with this guy. You need to ask this guy to go hang out sometime. And I was, this is so not me at the time. It was not me at all. But I remember I asked him, hey, man, we, we should hang out. I told him we went to call. Oh, man, I'd love to see the campus. So I invited him over. The next day, he came over. I showed him our campus around college. I was just talking to him. Uh, I started telling him my story a little bit, how God was changing my life. And as I was telling him my story, as we were just talking about our lives, I, I see him start to tear up a little bit. And I, I was like, wait, my story's actually touching him, and I remember he just like so intent and listening, and I just simply asked, I said, would, 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 you like to, would you like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And he started crying, yes, yes, I wanted to do this for so long, I just didn't know how. And so I walked him through and led him to the Lord that day. I was like, wow, you know, it was amazing that, that first time I prayed that prayer, and all of a sudden I'm leading somebody to God, and this wasn't in church, this wasn't on the prayer team, this was out in public. God was using me, and I'm telling you, my life has never been the same. This room is full of people who pray that prayer every day. There's people going around uh, in our community today who are looking for people to talk to. They're looking for people to say, God, just use me today. And they're having these God encounters every week. There's people God is bringing their path. And it's no different from us. God wants to use it for all of us. He wants all of us to walk in this calling to go. Who did Jesus call and commission? Everybody put your hand over your heart. Say, me, me. He called us to go. He didn't say, I want all pastors to go. Though he called all of his followers, all of his disciples. He called them to go. Go where? Go tell others about the Father. Jesus says, go tell them what you have seen. Go tell them what you met a man. Go tell them what I've done for you. Go tell them that you've been healed. Go tell them you've been saved. Go tell them what the Spirit has done. Go tell them. Go, go, go into all the world. Make disciples. Go. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go. Reach the lost and the hurting. Go, go, go. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That's what he said. He's like, man, the harvest is there. I just need people to go out and to start 
pulling out the harvest. Go out there and get it. It's waiting to be picked. It's right there. If what happens in these four walls, hear me, church, hear me, destiny. If what happens in these four walls stays in these four walls, it will die in these four walls. What happens in these four walls is for us to leave and to tell what God is doing in my life. Tell how God is changing my life. To bring others back in to these four walls. Get them there. They hear the same message that God is speaking to you. It's our mandate. It's our commission. If you've been saved, or if you've been changed, if you've been healed, if you've been encouraged, if you've been restored, if you've been redeemed, God expects you to tell somebody about it. I got to tell somebody what the Lord has done in my life. This should be a natural reaction. Today, I'm telling you, if you, if you walked up and someone walked up to you and said, here's $10,000, you'd be like, "Woo!" You've been telling everybody about, look what happened to me today. You'd be excited about what happened to me today. But how many know what we receive from Jesus is worth more than $10,000? It's worth more than all the gold in the world. It's worth more than anything else. My life has been forever changed. I've got to tell somebody what God has done in my life. It's my commission. It's my call. As a believer, it's what God's called us to do. Acts 1.8. Jesus said, but you shall receive, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why would we need this? Because you're going to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Then he names Jerusalem, then further out in Judea, and then Samaria, all around to the ends of the earth. So we see something happening here. He said, you will receive uh, this Holy Spirit power, which translates dunamis. It's the word we get the word for dynamite. He's like, there is this dynamite power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. I don't have the tenacity. I don't. Yes, you do. The spirit of the living God is living inside you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is placing this spirit of boldness. For some of you today, you've been quiet way too long. God is wanting to raise up a lion inside of you. The lion of Judah. Come on. He wants to raise up some ladies that are not afraid to go. Some guys that are not afraid to go. Some young people who are not afraid to go. He calls us. And amazing, he didn't tell us to go. He said, I equip you to go. I equip you to go. I equip you. I'm, I'm calling you to go, but don't worry. I'm sending with you the power you need. You just got to go. You got to be obedient. We have this great power inside of us. And how many know with great power comes great responsibility? How many know that wasn't just for Peter Parker and Spider-Man? Come on now. God wants that for you and I as well. With great power of the Holy Spirit comes a great responsibility that he wants us to use this power of the Holy Spirit in our life, not only on a daily basis, but to help others. This is why he gave it to us, for us to overcome the world and for us to minister. We're going to see this carrying out in Philip's life. See, you carry a different spirit about you. You're not just anybody. You're not just anybody. At work, you're not just anybody. There's a different spirit about you. At school, students, hear me. You're not just any student. There's a different spirit about you. In your family, there should be a different spirit about you. In, in the store, there's something different about you. In, in the gym, 
There's something different about you. People should look at your life and say, I want what they have. I don't know what it is, but there's something that is just drawing me to them. There's something about the joy of God in their life. I don't even know what that is, but they got it, and I want it. The other day, my, my daughter told me, she came home, she said, Dad, I met this guy, and I was waiting on him, and I was waiting on him at the restaurant, and he said, he just like, excuse me, I just got to ask you something. He goes, are you a believer? Do you know God? And she's like, yeah. And she told him who she was, told him she leads worship and what church. He goes, oh, I knew. He goes, I knew there was something different about you. Listen, I'm telling you, even when you're hot and sweaty, sitting over a kitchen stove at work, and you're, you don't have your best on, you, got, you don't have your best makeup on, Hallie, and you got your hair up in the bun, people still see you. And say, God, see something different. It's just not something that happens for performance on a Sunday morning. But it's a lifestyle in your heart. Listen, people should see you worshiping even when you're not at church. It's your spirit. It's who you are. It's just who I am. I'm called to go. They should, they should want what I have. If people don't want what you have, you need to get some more of what God's got. We're looking to Philip. Philip, look at Philip's life. I mean, think about Philip. Philip, when we find out Philip's first entry into ministry, you know what he was doing? He was not a part of the original 12 disciples, but he was in charge when they started expanding. They said, we need some help. He's like, hey, man, I'll take care of the food. And so he was running the coffee shop. He was handling the, the outreach. He was just making sure people who needed food got their food. That's what he was doing, loading up chariots and donkeys with food. Sending people along their way, making sure they had enough meal, and people were bringing in food the extra they have. If, if the new church is bringing in the extra they have, and then Philip was giving it out to people in need. I mean, the first basic one-on-one of Christianity that people know us by our gifts, and people know us by what we love, right? But they love us. We show our love to people. He's just there loving people. He's not preaching. He's not teaching. He's not leading worship. He's not on the pastoral staff. He's not even one of the, the original disciples. He's just there loading up chariots with food. He's out there loading up horses and mules with food. He's loading up moms on the chariot with the families. He's just helping people with food. So how do you go from there to seeing God use him in such a great way? How do you, write this down. This is the same steps he did, the same steps we can follow. He took personal responsibility. We've got to take personal responsibility responsibility. Do you take the call of God personal? If not, you should, because it's a personal call. And I can't call you. I don't call anyone, but God's called every one of us. Do you realize that God's called all of us to be an evangelist? God's called all of us to be a missionary. And can I tell you that you live in one of the biggest mission fields ever known to man right here in the U.S. of A.? You guys are getting quiet on me all of a sudden. But let's be honest. America used to be known for sending out missionaries around the world. We funded missionaries. We sent missionaries. And we still do. Do you realize now there's a lot of missionaries coming back to America from other countries because America needs missionaries as well. And they're sending people back. Missionaries here from other countries are coming here because we're not doing our job. Because we got complacent. We see missionaries as pastoral work. We'll pay our pastors. They'll do it. We'll send our missionaries. They'll take care of it. I'll just come and live my life. No, we're all called. We're all called to go. 
None of us can escape that. If you're a Christ follower, we're called to go. The early Christ followers were all in, man. And so as the church began to grow in Jerusalem, we see where now they're getting persecuted, they're coming, and so they had to scatter. Can, can I tell you this? That God has a God has a plan even when you're being persecuted. He, they're getting persecuted, they have to scatter. And what happens when they scatter? Philip was a part of this group that had to scatter, Acts 8 4. But when believers, look what it says. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. So before, they're all like letting the disciples do it. They're just kind of helping out. Now as they get scattered, they're like, well, no disciple here. I guess I am the disciple. And they start preaching. They start teaching. They start telling people wherever they went about the good news of Jesus. The good news. Acts 8, 6 and 8. Look what it says here. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. Over shrieks and impure spirits came out of many people. Many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was a great joy in that city. Are you kidding me? Time out. Philip had not been to Bible college. He didn't even take an online course. He didn't go to that conference. He didn't get to watch Elevate. He didn't get to do any of those things. Are you telling me, and he's out there just sharing the good news of Jesus, and people are like, he's just sharing the good news, and people are like, evil spirits are leaving people. He's laying hands on people, Jeff, and they're getting healed. It wasn't like, he wasn't a disciple. He wasn't even the original one. He didn't get out of the boat and walk. He wasn't there when Jesus calmed the storm. But he's seen it. Why? Because he went. He answered the call to go. He just said, all right, I'll go. And he just shared the good news. And out of his obedience, miracles happened. Can I tell you this? Let me let you in on an insider secret. Any pastor who teaches you he's the only one who can pray for you, that is so false. God has ordained for all of us to pray one for another, for all of us to share the good news of God. It's important we get fed, we get shepherded, we come in and get trained. We don't stop coming together. Those are all important things. But you have the ability to go out and to talk about Jesus. Just share your story. If God's been good to you, tell others how God's been good to me. If God has healed you, tell others how God has healed you. If God restored your marriage, tell others how God healed your marriage. If God healed your broken heart, tell others how he healed your broken heart. I'm telling you, it's as simple as telling what Jesus has done for me. Look at verse 26 now in Philip's life. It says that, as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go. There's that word again, right? It always starts with go. Go. Where? Down range line. South down. Desert road. It runs from Web City to Joplin. Just go. You'll fit. How many know that God doesn't always tell you all the details? He just says go. And a lot of times we don't, I'll just tell you this. You look at this story, you'll find the same thing. You'll see the same pattern throughout Scripture. And I can tell you this by personal experience. Sometimes I just know to take the first step. I don't know where we're going to get to on the end. I don't know how it's going to unfold. I just know i got to be obedient and take that first step. 
And every time I have, God has always opened up the next door. God has always shown me once I said, okay, once I became obedient, and God makes it clear. He just says, go. doesn't give you a detailed plan. Some of you have been waiting around for a detail. I'm going to, Pastor, but I'm waiting for God to give me a detailed plan. Some of you want to have all scoped out. Some of you want to have the whole flow chart set up. Come on, all you type A personnel, you want to have all the flow charts set up. This house all going to flow. This house all going to operate. Nothing wrong with being organized. That's great things. But sometimes you got to just say, God, I'm ready to go. I'm going to go. I say yes. Sometimes it just simply means I get up and say, God, use me today. I'm available today, God. Where? I don't know. It may be on my job, maybe at my school, it may be at the restaurant, it may be at the park, it may be wherever, the store, I mean, wherever it is, God, use me today. God, it's just simple, I'm going to go. Just saying, use me, God. I'm not going to force any door open. God's going to open it when I step out and say yes. Go talk to that person. Go say hi. Go encourage them. Go ask, can I help you in any way today? Go compliment them. Go. Listen, it's just simply go. It just starts. Let me ask you this question. Who is that one person you know that God keeps speaking to your heart to go to? Who is that one person that when your mind thinks, man, I really would like to go talk to them about Jesus. I would really like to invite them to church. I would really like to go spend some time with them. I just have this burden in my heart to spend time with them. That's the Holy Spirit. He's prompting you. Because I want to tell you something. He's already working on them, and he's working on you at the same time. God's got a plan, and he's just not asking you to go. He's already working on the person that you're going to encounter. Maybe knocking on the door. Maybe it's asking to have lunch this week. First step is always the hardest, but it always unlocks the next step. Jesus said in John 12, he says this, I will draw all men unto myself. Jesus said, I will be the one who draws them. How did he do it? Number two, he made himself available. He made himself available. Listen, availability creates accessibility. When I make myself available, I become accessible. I wonder how many people want to access us every day, but because our hearts are not available, we don't see it. We miss out on opportunities. I guarantee you, I'll be the first one to admit it, even as a pastor, there's times when I'm not accessible because I haven't made my heart available that day. Oh, if you ask me, I would tell you I was but my mind was preoccupied with what the task at hand was. My mind was preoccupied on my timetable. My, my, I can get there. You can get there. And these times could be times that God is wanting us to cross with people to be accessible to. God told Philip, go down this road. So he goes down this road. Then he says, see that chariot? Go over and stand by that chariot. Go out. Go Go to the chariot, stand by it. So Phil goes by quickly and stands by it. And he didn't know there was a guy in the royal family from Ethiopia there. God had done this now. God, listen, this gay man hears about Jesus and what's happening in Jerusalem. He leaves. The, they tell us it would take, in, at that time, probably taking 60 
the 70 days for this man to travel to Jerusalem from Ethiopia by chariot. So this was a long journey. This guy had to make a long journey. It says he went to Jerusalem to worship. And as he's back, he stops on the side of the road. He's reading the book of Isaiah. He's reading it. So as he's reading it out loud, Philip happens to, just happens to be there. And I'm sure he's reading the part about the Messiah, the prophesying about the coming Messiah. He would come back again. And Philip just says, hey, do you even know what you're reading about? You know, just something that happens. Come here, Pastor Mike. There's something that happens. See, God begins to work on your heart to go. God works on your heart to go. And I'm like, all right, God, where do you want me to go? All right, God, all right, go down, go down this road right here. All right, I don't have what it looks like. But God's already working on me. But what we don't understand is God's already working on somebody else. God's already working on the person that needs to hear what you're going to do. God's already working on the person you need to pray for. God's already working on the person you need to invite to church. God's already working on them. And as they start going down the road to find Jesus, they don't even know where they're going, but they don't understand God's already ordained their steps, and God's bringing you down the road, and all of a sudden your lives intertwine and come across each other. All of a sudden, I'm in a man from Ethiopia, 70 days to get. What are the chances that this man shows up on a 70 day journey just at the right time that Philip had to be there to explain what this man Hey, let me tell you about something. I know about them. I can tell you firsthand. I saw this man. He's prophesied about. I saw him crucified. I saw him crucified. And then I also want you to know that I was at the grave when the stone was rolled away. I've seen it. I was there when he ascended to us. 500 of us were there, eyewitnesses. We saw Jesus lifted back up, and he said, go. See, you don't know. Your yes is just not for you. It's for somebody else. Thank God somebody came along to you. Thank God somebody said yes to you. Thank somebody, somebody reached out to you. If we reach out, we say yes, because our lives are somebody dependent upon it. Thank you. I'm telling you, this thing is so much bigger than what we understand. This thing is so much bigger than what we can ever comprehend. God wasn't just leading Philip. He was leading this Ethiopian man to the exact place. Why? Because Jesus said, you lift me up, I'll draw. I'm the one who draws all men unto myself. Before God ever asked you to go, he's already started working on that person. Isn't that amazing? Before he, before he ever says go, he's already working on that person that you need to encounter. Before you ever invite him to church, he's already working on that person's heart to come to church. Before you ever tell him about Jesus, he's already building something in their heart, a radar that says, I, I want to hear about Jesus. When somebody accepts Christ at Destiny Church, it's not because of anything that I've done, but it's because there's so many people, people inviting them to come, people cleaning the church, people working as ushers and greeters, working our security team, working on the worship team, working on the media team, working as section leaders, people coming in, working with our children, on and on, administration. We got people working everywhere so that one person comes and gives their heart to Jesus. It's because we all, work together. That's why it's important. I mean, start off. If you've never gone, just go. Invite somebody to church. Just invite them to church. That, that's the easiest part right there. Just invite them to church because you got a whole team working with you. And then, Ben, I dare you, though, to take the second step. And the second step is this. Go on a Monday. 
Go out and just say, God, use me today. God, who, who do you want me to be nice to today at work? God, who do I need to go ask to sit down with during break? God, who do I need to encourage today on my job? Who today in my school needs to hear? Just needs a friend. See, oftentimes it's just going and being that friend. Oftentimes just hearing their story will open up the opportunity for you to say, you know what? Can I just pray for you? I believe God wants you to know he loves you. And just those simple words can break people's spirit. You could be the one. Many people have been tilling that ground. God's already been working on them. And then you simply come along and God uses you to ignite through the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit inside of you to ignite something in their life. Who's God prompting you to invite? The church. Who's God prompting you to bring the church? Who's God prompting you to ask the lunch? Who's God prompting you to go pray for? Who's God prompting you to send the text to? Who's God prompting you? Nobody. Well, then you need to pray more. Then you need to ask because if I'm telling you, if you don't have one person, if you don't have this, then we become too introverted. We're all about ourselves, And the gospel is so much bigger than that. The reason why he saved you is so that you can help save others. The reason why he healed you so you can help heal others. The reason why he encouraged you so you can encourage others. It's all of us. That's who we are. And number three, the last point. He looked for an opportunity. He looked for an opportunity. You got to look for an opportunity. You can't just go in with your list, the grocery list. Sometimes God say, hang out in produce a little bit longer. I don't want any produce. Go, go hang out in produce. I feel silly. I'm not even buying any bananas. And all of a sudden you run into somebody you hadn't seen in five years. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man, I just went through a divorce. Oh, really? How you doing? Man, I Honestly, I'm not doing well. Well, wow, what, what an open door. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you how God helped me through my, my hurt. Let me tell you how God helped me through my divorce. Let me, let me tell you how God helped me through this part of my life. All of a sudden, you're just sharing how God changed you. And that person's like, I really needed to hear that today. Yeah, you did. Are you going to church anywhere or not? Come and join me. Sit by me. I'll take you to lunch. It's that simple. And you can change people's eternity. You can change somebody's eternity. You can change that one person into a whole family. That whole family can reach a network of people. You never know. Your yes to go. He hears. He just goes. Go down this road. All right. Now what? Go stand next to that chair. Okay. And as he's standing next to the chair, this will happen that he's reading out of Isaiah. About the one, and he goes, do you even understand that? And he goes, no, sir, I don't. How, how would I understand this? I don't, I don't understand what's going on. He goes, how would I know if no one explains it to me? And he said, let me explain. What you're reading about, it's not about, he's like, was it, is he talking about himself? Is Isaiah going to come back? Or was it the one I'm hearing about Jesus? It's about Jesus. And he explains to him the good news of the gospel. And that man accepts Jesus, gets baptized. It's an amazing story. See, sometimes... The person lost will ask the questions. Sometimes you got to ask the first question. How you doing? Everything okay? Are you attending church anywhere? Where'd you used to go to church? I mean, the, the simple questions. They start the ball rolling. It gets us where we need to be. But many times the believer's got to be the first one to ask the question. Can I help you today? Hey, can I pray with you about anything today? I know it sounds silly. I feel like I just need to pray for you. 
Would you be okay with that? I can tell you there's been times that it felt awkward. I didn't really know this person, but God was just leading me to pray for him. And I, can I pray for you? I've never had one person tell me no, ever. And I can tell you this. I don't tell people, oh, by the way, I'm Pastor Gene Beebe, and I'm Pastor Destiny Church. I don't let them know that because I want them to have their guard down. So I don't, I don't tell. There's been a lot of people come to our church for the first time, both services. People I invited, they didn't know I was a pastor until they showed up to church. Why? Because I just wanted them to come, you know. I didn't want to think I'm just trying to be a professional pastor to invite them. No, I want them to come because I want God to change their life. Just simply invite. Where do you go to church? Do you believe in Jesus? Are you looking for real peace? It takes heart. It takes heart. It takes boldness. It takes tenacity. It takes spiritual grit. How do I know? That's what he said. How will I know, sir, if no one tells me? That was his response to Philip. Philip, how will I know if no one explains? I guarantee there's people just like this Ethiopian man every day in our life that they're just waiting for somebody to tell them. The radar is already, the God radar is already going up. Beep, beep, beep. There's something more. He's drawing them and they want to know more. They want to go. They don't know what. They don't know where. They just know that God's dealing with them. And God sends somebody and you're like, that's amazing you would ask me. I was just thinking this week, I really got to get to a church. I really just thought this week, I need, I need to give my life to Jesus. It's just amazing. God does this time and time again. I heard a story the other day about a man. He, he went to preach at a church and he said, well, I was there. There was this older lady there. She was really, she was way up there in age. He goes, she was quite old. And I just said, God told me to tell her, lady, God wants you to teach other women how to pray for the husbands that aren't, aren't saved. He said, I told her that and just prayed for her. Later on, the pastor said, do you know that woman? He goes, no, I never met the woman in my life. He goes, you got to hear her story. So afterwards, he said, tell him your story. He didn't know anything. I didn't tell him anything. And she said, sir, for 42 years, I prayed for my husband to be saved. Came to church alone for 42 years, and I prayed for 42 years for my husband to be saved. And he died. And about a month after he died, I got a phone call from a man in Florida that said, asked for my husband, said he had met him there on a business trip. And she said, sir, I'm sorry to tell you this, but he's passed away. He goes, did did he tell you? He goes, when did he pass away? And she told him the date. He goes, will he tell you what happened to him that day, that morning? She goes, no, he died. It was was a tragic death and it happened. I, I didn't have a chance to talk to him before he died. He goes, let me tell you something. He goes, that day I was working in my office. I was in a suit, and God told me to go out to the road and to hitchhike. Because I, I thought it was the craziest thing ever. I thought I was being stupid. Like, why would I go outside? Of, I don't even have anywhere to go because I just heard God tell my heart to go outside and hitchhike. I'm in a suit. I'm in my job. So I went out and hitchhiked, and your husband pulled over to pick me up. And there, I want you to know, I witnessed to him. And he prayed and he accepted Jesus Christ in his car that day. (laughs) Tears flowed to you. I didn't even know. Thank you so much for telling me. I'm just telling you, you never know when God's dealing with somebody. It it seems silly. I want to close with this short two-minute video. Pastor Robert Morris tells a story of an encounter in a restaurant with a man that God spoke to him to approach. Be encouraged by the story. I think you'll enjoy it. I was in a, a restaurant one time. And, and it was a cafeteria. And I, I'm just eating my meal. 
And all of a sudden, you j I just noticed this huge guy, you know, comes walking in with his wife, and you couldn't miss him, bodybuilder. And as soon as I saw him, I had this impression. I mean, I've never seen this guy. And I knew it was God. And he began to speak to me. And, and it's just like you said, we do need to know the word. We, we, we obviously. But you feel something. And every one of us have had this happen probably. It's so strong. And so I went over to the guy's table and his wife. And I, I you know, when I do something like this, I kind of like to break the ice. So I said to him, I said, excuse me, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, have, have you ever lifted weights? <laughs> you know. and, uh, so, I mean, you know, I wanted him to like me too. So, and uh, he laughed and he said, yeah, a little bit, you know. And uh, I found out later he was Mr. Universe. So, and I don't want to say his name, but uh, he, he was, he, he, obviously. So anyway, I said to him, I said, well, the reason I came over though is because I feel like God told me to tell you something. And he looked at his wife and he said, would you sit down and tell me? So I sat down and I said to him, when you were a little boy, I saw you sitting in the lap of an older woman, I believe it was your grandmother, and you were crying. And your grandmother told you that if you would give your life to God and serve God, God could make you strong like Samson. And God has kept up his end of the deal, but you haven't kept up your end of the deal. Wow. Now, obviously, when you say something like this to a bodybuilder, you want to be right. You know. And he started crying, and he said, I told my wife that story on the way here to the restaurant. Oh. I'm telling you, God will speak if we'll just say, I'm available, God. Don't, don't be afraid. I know sometimes we get those feelings, and you just, listen, j just be normal. People, people like normal people. Just go up, just engage. Can I, can I ask you a question? There's been time to say, listen, I, I just feel like God wants me to tell you this. If, if it's okay if I tell you, yeah, sure, tell me. I mean, if someone says, no, I don't want to hear it, then just simply, okay, no problem, and leave. It may happen once in a while. That person may not be ready yet. But I'm telling you, 98% of the time, you'll find out that their heart's already been ready. And they're ready to receive something. And God's speaking and using you. And God's speaking to them. And he wants to bring you together for that God encounter. Are you available? It takes heart. But you can do it. I believe you can do it. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your spirit, which empowers us, God, to be your witnesses. If you're here today and say, I need to give Jesus Christ my life, Pastor. I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. The Bible says we must confess, confess to him. We must confess that he is Lord of our life. And today, without anybody looking, we're not going to do anything. That We're not going to single you out. We're not going to embarrass you, I promise you. But if you're ready today, where you're sitting, to say, I'm ready to accept Jesus. Just raise your hand where I can see it and say, I'm ready today, Pastor, to accept Jesus. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. When I join these people. If you raised your hand today, I want you to say this prayer out loud with me. As Christians around you will help you along. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all my days in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and say, welcome. 
to the family of God. Yeah.